Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Jake, what was one sport you always wanted to play but never got to? Basketball. Really? I was more of like a football guy, but I was always kind of scared of getting hurt. Yeah. Good thing we have on today someone that could maybe shed some light onto that so welcome to sus share your scare where we talk to different people and hear their stories of survival paranormal and all things sus i'm your host brennan taylor this is my brother jake what's up and today we have on three-time super bowl champ hall of famer and possibly the best dressed wide receiver the game has ever seen let's welcome to the podcast michael irvin thank you for coming on my man hey thank you guys for having me man i i hey who Everybody's drawn to that title, share your scare. That's such the S-U-S, share your scare. All of us has had, if we admit it, a, a few scares in our lives. And I think sharing those scares and how you keep moving past them, I think that's big, man. It's, it's big inspirational stuff you guys are doing. So I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you, man. Yeah, I feel like, you know, people can relate to other people's scares and it helps them feel not so alone, you know, because everyone goes through something different. And at one point in, in their life, at least they've had something that's pretty terrifying happen. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, listen, I, I, I firmly believe in this. And this is a little literary project I was working on about how to see your way to a championship. And what I do, I give you six C's that if you rehearse these C's in your eye, in, in your daily work, you'll, you'll, you'll end up in championship row. And, and, and the second C is courage. That's why I love this. You know, I, I go first, make sure you're called to do what you're doing. And the second C is courage, have courage. In order to share the, the, the height of having courage, I have to dig down in the depths of fear which what we're talking about scared because everything that we do in life has some form of fear in it. And, and you will have to display some type of courage and it's all good. It's all good. If you, you can, you could sometimes those fears help you save yourself from running out in the street. Cause I'm afraid like, hit by the right. truck, die, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, so it's a good thing. I always say fear that helps uh, help. That's good. helps you. It is good for your survival is good, but not fear that stops you from striving is bad. Fear that's good for your survival is good, but fear that helps you that stops you from striving is bad. Exactly. Like Will Smith says, you never really truly live until you can get past what you're most like feared, what you fear the most. So Yes, and and, he, and, and a lot of us sometimes in our in our progress. Now now I don't want you to get past what you fear the most if it's about your safety. Like, like, you know, I, I, I just happen to have a real fear about being shot. I don't want to get over that fear. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Don't we don't want you to either. <laughs> I don't want to get over that fear yeah. because that's, that's a healthy fear about surviving. Right. But if it's stopping me from finding my best, going to reach my best, going to be my best, then I got to use courage to move past this. So, yes, I understand the gist of where he's getting to. Right on, man. Well, look, before we get into your scares, I want to get uh, get to know you a little bit more. So what was your childhood like? What, was your whole family into, like, football and sports? Like, what was it man, like? Man, listen, I grew up now. Okay, I grew up. I'm the 15th of 17, so I had wow. 16 siblings, right? 15th of 17th. I often speak and I tell people we were real po' growing up now, po'. And and, and, and I know, I, and I tell them, I said, listen, 
I understand and I speak for a living that the real word in the correct pronunciation of it is poor. But when you were as poor as we were, you couldn't afford the other ordinary. <laughs> you can't even afford that other ordinary. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. We were poor. <laughs> and, and I had brothers that were athletes in, in, in my family and sisters that were athletes and, and, and you know, played basketball, brothers played basketball, football, but never made it to the level that I made it, you know, um, I had an older brother that went to school and, and went to college and it's, you know, uh, but then, and he was, he was the second born for, for probably from the second born to the 15th, which was me. No one else really went to college. Um, so, so it wasn't, let me follow what everybody's doing. It was, let me go make my own trail and do something different than, than, than what I see around. Me. So you had 16 other siblings, correct? Yes. Which, yes, which, like, I'm the 15th. That man, I, I, I'm down towards the end. And, and I don't understand. You know, I don't understand. I'm down towards the end. But right now, I, I, I get all everybody called. It's, I'm like, I'm so sick of it, man. <laughs> I bet, yeah. man. Christmas at your place was probably hectic, huh? Yeah, Christmas was. But, but, well, Christmas wasn't hectic growing up because we ain't had it. <laughs> Expect nothing. You ain't got nothing. It ain't nothing to get. You know. Now it's a little crazy. Right. That was back in the day. If you got a pair of socks for Christmas, that's a great Christmas. You got your pair of socks. Yeah. Then you got only functional gifts. Ain't nobody got no time to go pay no money for no gifts that you're talking about playing with. We need you a pair of drawers and we need you some socks. That's what we need. Exactly. So, hey, we, so they were functional Christmas. Exactly. We we went the same route. We had we got socks every year and that was that was our Christmas. We enjoyed it too, you know? Fresh yeah. pair well, of socks. Was, right. Wait, wait, wait. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that, that was a great Christmas. Exactly. Hey, and you ate at the house. You got the, you got the socks or whatever you need. But you were going to eat that, or you going to eat early, and then go out, play, come back, and eat again. You had big meals, big meals. Yeah. Now, you know, my kids, they, they'll, they'll go to they'll go to McDonald's on Christmas. I'm like, what is this? You know, right. what, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's different. It's different. They don't. It, it's not about opening toys. They want their electronics. Exactly. Did, did I get a new phone? I did, and I need to go in my room and get on it. That's what they want to do. Exactly. Times are so different now. When did you want to start playing football? Like when? When did that interest come to you? You know, I, I, I'll dive a little bit into this. How, how this came about. You know, I was uh, being, being growing up in that and the family I grew up in. You don't. They're, they're not. You, you didn't have opportunities for certain things that I learned about existed as I got older. My first, my my early years in school first kindergarten first grade stuff like that when i went oh my god i thought i was the dumbest dude in the world you know i remember going to class um first going to class and the ladies asking everyone like do you know what color this is and every kid raised their hand i didn't know but you know how to spell your name every kid raised i didn't know you know i didn't know those things so so i i just felt so inferior for so long and, and until about the third grade about the third grade, they, they got they tried to they got me a tutor, and and he he came over one day and he said, "Hey, Michael, I tell you what, if you if you get done with work quickly, we'll we'll we'll, we'll play we'll go out and play football." They brought a football, and that's kind of how it started, man. I mean, he started throwing me the football. I said, "Man, you can't, man, you special. 
you're, you can be special. All, just hearing him say that I could be special is what what made me feel alive again after those few years of feeling inferior in, in school. So so that woke everything up for me, man. And, and ever since then, I've been trying to catch a football. Now, what, what was funny, when I look back, I ultimately went to the University of Miami back in 88 when I left. I graduated as a junior uh, with my junior as, after my junior eligibility uh, for with a business degree, minor in communications, and and, and went on to uh, went on to the NFL. And I learned really as I as I try to help kids. Now it wasn't that I was dumb; it was or I didn't know it was I didn't have a preschool, and those other kids had preschool because that was right about the time when they started busing kids out. So so they had preschool. So my inferior feeling in the classroom actually helped me want to feel that superior feeling on the football field wow. Wow. And, and, and it all kind of brewed from there that's awesome that is so cool that, that that you took like a negative situation and made it into a positive like i love that like i have this saying that i have written in my apartment and it says every lesson learned is a lesson one and i really feel like you you did that there you know yeah and and, and then let it hang on me i mean because really you know i'm a spiritual man the bible says as a man think it so is he and I had those thoughts until I realized, wait a minute, it wasn't that I, it was, I was just insufficiently prepared. It wasn't that I didn't have the ability. I wasn't sufficiently prepared because we couldn't afford those things. So, so it made a huge difference. And I try to tell kids now, you know, or tell parents now, stop trying to save a dollar. I know that they have to sometimes, but, but, but don't, don't make sure you're measuring your dollars correctly right. when you're sending kids to to Miss Doris because that's what the that that's who watched me Miss Doris and all she did was watch the stories she never counted one two three four five to me or A B C D I knew more about Erica Kane than I knew <laughs> about one two threes and A B Cs from watching days of all those stories with the but but I think it's it's important to get started early if you're a kid we're, we're giving the kids something that they're bringing to feed on. Right, yeah. most definitely. And you went to the University of Miami, right? Was that always the goal since you were, you know, you grew up in Florida? No, you know what? I I I, I always wanted to go. Actually, I thought about uh, I wanted to get out of out of this out of Florida because I thought, man, it go if I go somewhere big like LSU or Syracuse, you know, uh, I, I I can be something. I just wanted to get out of Florida early on. But then as I started getting towards getting ready to graduate high school, then they had brought in Snellenberger. And Snellenberger had gone to Miami and started changing everything around. He had started going in, in into areas that other schools just didn't recruit. The ghettos of Miami and Fort Lauderdale, getting athletes and bringing them all together. And and, and when I was, and I was playing basketball at St. Thomas and and then he comes, he lands the helicopter on the everybody was, wow. you know, it just yeah. everybody was so crazy about Miami right then, man. And I just lost my father to cancer, brain and throat cancer. So it, I wanted to go far away, but everything just kind of got got going. Every time my high school coach, he said, What do you want to go visit? I said, LSU. He said, Okay, Miami. I said, he said, Where else you go? I said, I want to go to Syracuse. He said, Okay, in Miami. <laughs> I said, Okay. I, I'm gonna visit Michigan State. He said, "Okay." In my, I said, "Why do you keep saying in Miami?" Yeah. Yeah. He was like, "I just," he said, "Michael, you just lost your father. I want you to consider staying close for your mom because I know how much she means to you." But ultimately, 
His advice was great. It was yeah. the right move. Right. That, I'm sorry to hear about your father, by the way. That's so so sad. So your mom actually raised 17 kids on her own? Yeah, well, my, I, I, well, I lost my father. We, we were towards, I, I was a, a junior in high school. You know, uh, a, well, actually, he got sick when I was junior. He passed my senior year a few days before that first game. Um, so, 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 you know, we had gotten, we got most of our lives in with him. I was in high school in high school, but then after that, I wanted to stay, stay close to my mom. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So 1988, your first round draft to the NFL. How was that? How was the feeling? Yeah, tell How, us like, about tell that. Tell us all because first round pick, like that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Listen, and, and back then they were not taking a couple of things that, that I think about that, that, that stays on me with that. They were not allowing kids to come to New York then. Remember, remember I told you I graduated as, after my junior year. So, so they didn't even allow juniors to go to the combine. So even though I worked the combine every year for the NFL, I'm always saying, man, I wish I could have been here just to, you know, just to let them do know I'm the best dude on this. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted to compete and have that moment. But, but coming up, man, and, and, and waiting to get drafted. We were at that house. Since, since they weren't bringing us to New York, I was at the house, and we had a whole family in the house, the whole family in the house. And, my God, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I remember it, they were all sitting in there like like, like, like I was a uh, mutual fund about to mature. You know what I'm <laughs> like, like they all invested, like, hey, Remember them shoes I bought? <laughs> remember those socks? <laughs> well, remember the socks? What? Hey, I'm, I need a house. What? As soon as you get drafted, I'm gonna yeah. need a house. Of you course. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like, oh, so socks have matured into a house? <laughs> Interest. <laughs> Interest. You know what I'm saying? So, but it was quite a moment to be there and, and to get drafted and to hear Dallas call my name. Green Bay, there were teams calling me prior to Dallas now since I was a junior leaving school. This is how I was trying to control the draft. If you're a junior at that time, a junior graduating, and a team drafts you, and you didn't want to go to that team, I could drop a class, go to summer school, pass, graduate in the summer, the team would lose its draft pick, and then I could apply for a supplemental draft. So I thought I had it all figured out. I'm the I'm the brokest dude in the draft. <laughs> I'm negotiating with billionaires. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, so, so as teams would come and call me, I'm like, no, I don't think so. And I remember Green Bay called the whole family because Green Bay had the seventh pick, and and, and, they, and I was like, I don't think so. Green Bay, the whole family started chanting, "No way, Green Bay!" And I remember thinking, dude. We ain't got nothing in the refrigerator <laughs> right wow. now. And y'all wow. talking about no way Green Bay. But ultimately, Dallas was the perfect place for me. That was my dad's favorite team. So I was so happy when Dallas drafted. That's, that's awesome. That's lovely. I, how how much practice goes into becoming a pro? Like, how, how much did you practice? You know, it's so funny, man, because I'm here in Florida now because my aunt – uh, who lived up the street from us growing up. You know, she, she's 90, 93, not doing well, so I went to go see her. And I swear to you, it's so, I mean, you asked that today as I was walking out of the house I grew up in, walking towards her house, I was looking at the little lines that I marked on the field, on, on the road, 40 yards, 90 yards, 100 yards. Yeah. I painted them green markers, green markers, 
so I can work out and practice right there on the road, working on my 40, sprinting 100 yards, running around the block. I saw all those markers. They're still there. Wow. wow. Still there. It was crazy. I went and saw that today. But, but yeah, a, a, a lot of work. Because I, I was the worst, probably the worst athlete in my neighborhood. Definitely the slowest guy in the neighborhood. That's why I had those marks. I, I said I'm gonna run every day because everybody out, everybody could outrun me. Every so every time we would, you know, hold a little track meet, they would all, well, Michael, you run last, and Michael, you got to run against Rosemary. That's why I got to run against the girl, you know. <laughs> oh, no. and, and and she always beat me. I don't yeah. know why I was complaining. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she would always beat me. But but I always tell people it's not about you being the greatest athlete uh, uh, if you want to make something. It's about you outworking everybody, and I really do believe that. You you, you have gifts. It's about what you're willing to put in to get what you really want. It's all about work. Yeah, wow. That's super inspiring because I I feel like a lot of people, you know, they they think – they are their own worst enemies. You know, they, they think they can't do something just because someone is better than them at them. But you have to always think like there's always going to be someone better than you at something. You just have to like really conquer your mind before you can conquer whatever that goal is. And, and, and that's what I'm talking about. You you have conquered your mind. And, and now inside and what, what, and this project, this thing I'm working on, when I talk about those six C's, the first three C's. it's really, and and it tells me, it'll tell you to make sure you're called to what you're doing. It'll say, have courage, what you're doing. And it tells you to challenge yourself. Mm. That's the the first three deals with what's inside of me. I have to make sure I got those three elements going. And then the next three outside deals with what's outside of me. When I'm challenging myself hard every day, the people around me will see that and they'll challenge themselves, which will bring about a competition. Now I'm outside myself, dealing with what's around me, outside myself, a a competition. We got to go through competing together, even on a football team. I'm competing this guy that I play with, Deion Sanders, and I, we competed and practiced together. So, so, so we go from, I go from challenging myself to competing competition within and then from competition to collaboration. See, Dean, we practice all day, all week against each other. But on Sunday, every time I see Jerry Rice lines up, I say, hey, man, every time he line up a, a yard outside that number, man, he run a slant route. So now we're collaboration because yeah, we going yeah. we, we, we to compete because we work against each other. But even though we work together, but when it time, when it's time to go play the other team, it's collaboration time. We're not at me. I'm not just doing my job. And you're doing your job. That's cooperation. I'm talking about collaboration. If I see something that can help you, if you see something that can help me, we will share that with each other to help us win as a team or to help you win as an organization or a corporation. So you want the different departments competing to be the best department. But when it comes together, we want to be the best company. And it's the same thing that goes on in in, in every world, in sports world, and business world, and the last C would be celebration. I, I Football has it right. My dad always told me this. He said, great men will see farther than they can run. That means if you're a great man, you're going to start something that will live past you. You start a great family. You'll be gone. Those kids will still be here. You know, so, so are you going to, you're starting something and you got to see something farther than you will run and you have to put things in people that will last longer than you will last on this earth 
I like wow. that a lot. I really do like that. That's awesome. Do you do you think like in because I feel like especially in sports, obviously there's so much competition. Do you feel like I know you have these these morals and these beliefs, but do you think that everyone else has like different like do you feel like everyone is super competitive and won't share things with you that could help you grow? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I was too at a certain time until I got my money in the bank and said, okay, you're comfortable. <laughs> you can start sharing with people now. Right. <laughs> so I can't spite I can't be mad at those people. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> you're trying. But, but at some point, like when I was playing, it was so funny because I would read up all my guys that I competed against. Jerry Rice, Dell Greens, the top cornerback. I, I, I would try to get Dell Greens' workout and do his workout, get Jerry Rice's workout because I want to be the best receiver. So I want Jerry Rice's workout and do it. I want to beat the best corner. So I want Dell Greens and Deion Sanders' workout and do it. And then in the evening, I'm going to do mine. And my mind would say, you work more than everybody. You should beat them all. And, and I did. That's, that is freaking <laughs> awesome, dude. And I need to ask you, what is like the first thing you purchased when you got like your money in your bank? You know, what was your first big purchase? Uh, I got little. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know if you guys remember Luke Skywalker, yeah. two live crew. Luke back in the day, you know, he had some pretty crazy songs yeah. out when we were winning national championships for Miami and Luke was our guy and Luke man I'll never forget Luke had this BMW convertible BMW it was beautiful man I, I was, it was it was it was beautiful and, and and right where I was working out they had this beautiful BMW and, and I used to walk around with a clock on my neck right with a 4.5 seconds and I said, what it's all you gotta run to get that BMW <laughs> five seconds that's like so, so that's how I trained for the combine. And my the first car I got was an M3. Oh. An M3. M3 BMW. I put silver rims on it. They, they didn't even have silver rims. They were for, they, they just started. I, I was once, I, I took these silver rims to Dallas. They, they never seen anything hit Dallas when I hit Dallas. I had a silver rim. I had a silver streak going down the car. They had just started selling uh <clears throat> Car phones, the ones that sit in the car, yeah. they were expensive as I don't know what. You know, they're like $15 the first call and $3 every minute after that. So so I had the bad car, man. I had, they asked me, am I 10 my windows? I said, are you joking? I want you to see it. My <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing. Ain't nothing getting 10, right? So, so no, since they were so expensive on those phones, I used to call my boy before I leave the house. On the regular phone. Listen, man. Yeah, look. You got my phone number to the car? Yeah. Call me at 12.03 a.m. Exactly. Yeah, when I say hello, you hang up that damn phone. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I say hello, you hang up. So I pull up at the club at 11.50, 11.55. They go, right over here, Mike. They back me on It's going to take about five or six minutes. To get me on back then, they're good, you know, because they got a spot for me. Yeah. Black me beam up in there, get out slow, take all your shade on. And then right when I get ready to walk off at 1203, <laughs> I phone in the car, right? I pick it up. Hey, man, no, what's up, man? He said, hey, man, Mike, man, I said, hang the damn phone up. Hang the phone up. Stop talking to me and hang the phone up. Oh, so, yeah, funny. I had great time doing that, man. Oh, my God, what ignorance. 
was my youth. That was some fun stuff. Wow, that is that is hilarious, man. Yeah. I honestly I see I see myself in a little bit of that because my wasn't my first car, but I just recently got an M4. So I have an M4 now, and I'd be pulling up places, yeah. getting slow, getting out slowly. You know what yeah, I mean? Getting out slow. <laughs> Making sure everyone sees. <laughs> I know. Hey, I had to get rid of all my sports cars now because you know, like right now, yeah, I I, I just drive bigger cars, you know, my G wagon or Hummer or Ford or whatever. But I just because my sports cars were all cool and I love them, they're so fast. But my knees are so bad now from all the football. Yeah. So even when I pull up, twin, you, I, you know, my boy, yeah, I, I'll pull up in his Ferrari or something, and everybody's man, look at Michael in that Ferrari. That's cool for what? But it takes so much to get out of it. <laughs> I'm like, so whatever cool I got coming, I just lost it. No, so yeah. I tried to get out of that little old car. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I should put the sports cars down. So yeah. I don't drive many sports cars anymore. You need to get that Lamborghini uh, SUV now. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I like that. I, yeah. like, I like the Lamborghini SUV. That's a nice one. That's a nice one. So were you always into fashion? Because I saw early photos of you in the NFL, and you always had crazy outfits up, the best suits. Was that, was that always something that once you started getting money, you started to dabble in? Yeah, it was. It, it's so funny. I, I always tell people, I said, sometimes your greatest pain brings about a great promise. I remember the pain of not having anything to go to school, anything to wear to school, and even saying it. Man, I, I'm not going to always live this way. I'm going to have you know, clothes full of clothes, you know, everything. Yeah, because we didn't have anything. Yeah, can you imagine? I'm the 15th or 17th. I got clothes passed down. Yeah. There was no more money to buy more clothes. I got clothes passed down. You know, so so let me give you an example. My brother, who, who, who was third born, had a pair of jeans, and they were bell-bottom jeans. Those jeans got to fall all the way down to me at 15. I'm just holding my breath that when they hit me, they back in style. Bell bottles. Okay, in style, out of style. In style, out of style. In style, in style out of style. I'm like, please, when you hit me, be back in style. Don't be, you know what I'm saying? It was serious business. So so that scarred me. That scarred me wearing clothes out of style because, you know, they, they fell to me. And, they, and and bell bottoms are not in anymore. But that's all we got, Michael. You have to wear that. So I said, when I get big, I never had any problems. I'm gonna have a clothing full of up to date clothes. Yeah. And so, so, so that's where that came from. Yeah. So, so, so of course, my wife, she loves, she loves doing, doing suits and dressing up, and and I love it too. So we have fun with. It. Hell yeah! And you got some iconic photos from back in the day. Now you can show your kids and just show what kind of icon you were, man. Or still, am, still are, you know. I don't want to. Yeah, I, I, listen, some of them though, like like that one that they show when I get drafted and I step out. I got on a Kango hat and a fat, dope, dope necklace with a big old hood cap. Man, I'd be like, oh my god, stop showing that, please. <laughs> show that. You know, because <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I see that young fella, and I do. I just want to whoop his ass. He yeah. spent some of my money on some dumb stuff, yeah, right? Like, you know, we, we didn't need to do some of that dumb stuff, man. I know we were trying to get girls and all of that, but we could have got them without spending that ground of money. Yeah. I wish I would have helped. I wish I had just known a little bit better, slapped yeah. them around a little bit. 
Before we continue with the legendary Michael Irvin, Jake, what is the scariest thing about Halloween? Ghosts and ghouls? I was going to say something more along the lines of car insurance. So how do you banish high rates on car insurance? You just switch to Geico during Geicoween. <laughs> October is their favorite time of year, and the folks at Geico have been working extra hard to cast out high rates and craft just the right policy for you and your family. See, switching to Geico isn't so scary. Especially when they can brew up some spellbinding savings just for you. So how can I get a quote? Just go to Geico.com and see just how much they could save you. No, I have new needed. Happy Geicoween, everyone. <laughs> I love Geico. Well, the name of the game of this show is Share Your Scare. So what is your scariest moment? I, I need to hear about it. You know what What took me What took me a place, man? I, I, my, my mom... She, you know, when I was 15, she would tell me, she said, baby, when you were born, I, I just I just started crying. At first I said, oh, really, baby? She said, yes. I said, you you were happy? She said, I just clenched. She said, baby, I, I, I said to God, what am I going to do with another kid? And she said, God said to her, this one will be different. Hmm. Wow. This one will be the one that makes your latter days greater than your former days. And and, and I I remember that. That's all she would say to me as a kid. God told me, you're going to make my latter days greater than my former days. When we opened up the refrigerator as a young man, we had nothing. She would always say that. God told me. And and, and when I first got in the league, got drafted, you know, I bought myself a car. The next thing I bought was her a house. Um, got her a house, and and then my 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 second year, my second year, we just got things going. Run a route, I run inside post route uh, against San Francisco, and and I I got a, I came down, guy pushed me, tore out my knee, and and I I went to the hospital, got an ACL, woke up the next day, and the guy said, raise your leg, Michael, and I could not raise my leg, really, and I went. In such a depression and such a scare. It's my first time ever being injured. And I thought, oh my God, if I can't even raise my leg, I can never play football again. So I thought all that I had worked on was gone. It was over, just like that. You know, and 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 and, it, and I went in a deep, deep depression. It took me a good year to come out of that depression, you know. Um and, and Dallas Cowboys, they they were a little worried. Um, they finally hired uh, a, a trainer, Mike Warsick, who, who incidentally has six rings. He won three with us and then won three more with New England Patriots. And he became a great friend of mine. He helped me get through it mentally. He sold me something. He said, Michael, you know, it takes six joints to run. He said, You're, you, you, you have five good ones. You got two good hips, two good ankles, and, and, and we can work on that one knee. You got five good joints. Five good things to run on, just one bad one we need to work on, one that we need to strengthen, and, and you're around, you're depressed. I mean, I bought that. I bought that, man. I bought it and I started working, and it brought me out of the depression, man. And, 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 you know, brought me out of depression and got me going on my career again. Later on, I asked him about that, man. I said, man, where'd you come up with that? He said, man, I made that shit up. <laughs> I didn't know what. He said, I couldn't believe you bought it, but, but you bought it. And it told me something. I needed something to believe mm-hmm. or I needed someone to believe in me. And, and, and that pulled me out of that fear because I, 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 I had, I feared that I would not be able to play ball. And certainly my greatest fear would be not being able to take care of my mother. And I thought that was the end of that. 
so quickly and we had just gotten here, but God saw different. Wow. That, that's, that's crazy. That, that literally that was your second year, right? Playing. And yeah, happened. my second year, my second year, you know, and, and I, we had just gotten here. And I told my mom, I said, baby, I said, she was rubbing my knee one day and, and she said, oh, baby, what, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Right. God is always able. You know, she was just praying. God is always able. God is always able. I said, baby, God is able. We, we keep to get we we keep that signing bonus and we'll still get paid the rest of this year. She said, "Oh, we good there, baby. We don't <laughs> worry about the knee. Boy, hey, let me get you something to eat. Boy, you take your time on that knee." Yeah. But because she was worried, also, you know, she was worried. So, but so God's been good to us. Yeah. What 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 moment was it like when you were able to you know run again and you were able to play again? What what was that like? Like feeling? Uh, it, it was incredible. It, it really was because you, you had taken, like I said, I had never really been injured. So I yeah. never really missed any games and you take it for granted uh, that you, that you're playing. And I love playing, but, but after that, when I finally got back, absolutely. It went to another level. Yeah. It was like, Oh no, I, I would never, never complain about practice, about work. I, Cause I, I, once it got taken away. Yeah. You realize how much you love it right. when you can't do it anymore. And how 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 big was the time span between that incident and then the ultimate incident that you know made you stop playing? Well, that was my second year in the league, and then I I, I got another <clears throat> really eight years in after that. Oh, you wow. know, because I, I think I came back stronger. It re- it really set it, it set the tone for me because it set the tone. That, that I had to work a little harder and, and, and take it to another level. But, but yeah, I, I got that in, in, in another eight years probably. So I played a total of about nine and a half, ten years of games. You know, some injuries in between there, but about nine and a half, ten years of games. Right, and then, but and I got three Super Bowls out of them. So that puts me at about one to three ratio. <laughs> I have to tell Jerry Rice all the time. I said, Jerry Rice, you played 18 years. I, t- I played nine and got the same results, three rings. Yeah. But but of course, he's the greatest of all time. <laughs> yeah. Can you can you walk us through the, the the final the final game? What like how how did this all happen? I know I've seen the clip, but can you explain it to the to the people listening who maybe haven't seen it? Yeah, yeah. you know, it was, it was crazy too. And that that's that that right there was. I had already well, my wife. I would be walking around. You know, because I was mm, crazy kid, wild kid, and my wife would always have Bishop Jakes on and everything, and, and you know she was trying to help me get more spiritual, and she would always keep Bishop Jakes on. I come on, so what was the joke always on TV? And say I'm playing around Bishop Jakes, Bishop Jakes. And she said, oh, "I love Bishop Jakes." And I would hear it all, and then she said, "You got to, you should go to church with me, and spend some time with me." I'm a, my father's a minister. You know, Red was a minister. My father was a minister. I said, like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do it as soon as I get." Soon, soon as I'm done playing football, soon as I'm done. And then I was leaving that day. <clears throat> I was leaving that day, headed, headed to go play in Philadelphia. And I thought about it. When, when, when I got hurt, that's the first thing I thought about. When I got hurt, I said, oh, my God, I've been telling my wife that I will give her more time and give God some time mm-hmm. when I'm done playing football. And I thought, oh, my God. Is this why you're taking me off the field wow. right now? When I got hurt, that's what. And if you notice, when I got hurt and I rolled over, I think my legs were crossed. And and I remember the lady saying, "Uncross your legs." And I think she said, "Uncross your legs." And I said, "I did." 
and and I think it was like the look on her face, like that that they told me something was really wrong. Yeah. Because when I said I did uncross my legs, it looked like oh God, you know, his legs to cross, and then you know, so so. So I, I, got, I couldn't feel anything. They put me on a stretcher, and I, I went straight to God. Please, just let me get up from here, God. I right. swear that's it. You, you'll see. I'm gonna do this. You know. You know how you gonna make an every promise you can make to God exactly. at that time. I made every promise I could make to God, and 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 just for those out there that that made, that made promises and, and and broke them. I broke most of them as soon as I walked again, right. which is crazy. But God is that good to me. He's been that good because I did break them. And, and you know, and I said, oh, my God. But but I, but I got back, you know, I'm back on track with it. So so I thank God for it. Wow, that's that's crazy because I, I was just literally talking about it with another guest. It's like as soon as something crazy happens, something bad happens, the first thing you do is make all those promises, you know. That's, yeah. that's the first thing that comes to anyone's mind. What actually, what happened? Like, what did you, what did you break in that moment when you got hit? Well, what they discovered is I have cervical stenosis. Stenosis is a narrowing of the spinal column. So my spinal cord, uh, my, my, spinal, my spinal column is tight around my spinal cord. And from all the years of playing and hitting people with my helmet and my head, debris has fallen into my spinal column and pressing against my spinal cord. So when I took a hit, it it, 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 it damaged the cord that that gave me paralysis in my body. Now, when that swelling went down, my movement came back. But the fear was moving forward was any hit can be the last hit, any the next hit, because you still have debris in the spinal column, if it's hit, if you hit the wrong way, then, then it could have, you know, some paralyzing effects. So, so that's why we decided to not play. I, I, I didn't, I I tried to continue to play. I went and tried to find a doctor that would, because I wanted to continue to play. And then my wife was like, baby, you can't put us through that. You know, every time you take a hit, we will be worried and, and, and I know how crazy I am. I would be one to prove to everybody that I'm not afraid and may put myself in harm's way. So we just decided that maybe it's best for everybody that, that I stop playing. Yeah, you know, you, you had an amazing career, and I'm glad you know you're still here moving around, and you didn't end up going back because, you know, it could have been bad if you did. But but it was hard not to. That tells yeah. you how much how, how much of our identity or our oh, our our whole being is tied into it, you know, for athletes, man, it, it, it was, it was difficult. I, I was ready to, to change, to challenge that. I, I was certainly ready to risk it because it, it's, this is who I am. This is what it is, you know, and, and, and had I not had, had I been married, not had a family, with no doubt in my mind, I mean, really? if I by myself, no doubt I would do it. Yeah. I would definitely have tried to play, but, but thank God I, I did have a family. Yeah. And especially now, okay, during during the pandemic, I, I heard that you went through COVID-19. You actually contracted it too, right? Yes. Since we're on this topic of scary stories, mm-hmm. let me hear all about that. Maybe you can tell the people listening that don't take this seriously what it's like. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is this was the hardest thing I'd ever gone through to now. Uh, I got a headache from this thing. That last, I'm telling you, I, I, I've never had that kind of headache before in my life. Wow. It was penetrating. It was 
devastating. I, I, I thought about all the people that goes through life with these migraines, head, migraine headaches. And I was like, oh, my God, there's no way you could, you know, how could you live like this? And the only thing that kept me cool is I kept saying to myself, this only going to last two weeks. If I thought it had to be longer than two weeks, I, I would have just said, let's get out of here. Let's let's get there's no way I could take this more than two weeks. You know, but 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 so for about a week of mine, because I, I I started taking those that hydrochloroquine and and the Z pack that they tell mm-hmm. you to take or they tell you don't work. Don't work. I didn't know if it worked or not, but I was trying everything. As soon as they said it, I had my doctor pull me some aside just in case I got sick. Yeah. So so I started taking it, man. It was hard. I took two tests. Both came back negative. Oh, both came back negative, which scared me more because now. I'm going through hell. I can't eat. I can't sleep. I got a hell of a headache. I'm cold. I'm, I can't. I'm isolated by myself going through it. I mean, the worst thoughts are going through my head. I, I mean, it was the worst thing. And and, and, they, and these tests are saying it's not COVID. And now I'm even more scared. Like, yeah. okay, then what is it? Yeah. What is it? You know. And 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 so I had to wait. I went through it. It lasts really about three weeks. And about about a month after that, I went and took the antibody test. You know, the antibody test, mm-hmm. which which said I did have it. Okay. I knew it. I said I, had, I knew it had to be something. There's no way that was nothing. And if it wasn't COVID, what was it? I was scared it was going to try to come back. So so I was happy to get. Yeah, I was happy to find out that it was. And and hopefully I'm some kind of immune, even though I hear people say you can't get it now. Yeah, I hear other people say you can get it. Yeah, yeah. so you don't even really know if you could get it again. I, I, I don't know. I, I, my doctor said I can't, but I hear other people saying you can. And that's that's what people have to understand. It's so crazy about COVID. A lot of doctors are saying different things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, you do not want to mess with this thing. Yeah. It, 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 it is. It was the hardest thing I've ever gone through, just, to, just trying to get myself. I didn't have any breathing problems. You know, I didn't have any breathing problem, but I, I never had a headache like that. It was I, you couldn't think if somebody texted me, you couldn't even text them back. Really? It was paralyzed. Wow. wow. And do you have any idea like where you got it from? Like in someone that, you know, had it or just by. Yeah. Yeah. I, I probably took an ill-advised trip to Mexico. OK. Mm. You know, obviously it was ill-advised. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it was it was obviously ill-advised. I, I should not have gone. But it wasn't like. You know, this was like on a, I went to an island. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking maybe either going there or coming back somewhere in commute, I got it because I was kind of on an island when I got there. I, I feel like for me, a lot of my fear is like I'll go somewhere, I'll go to a restaurant or something, and I don't know when the time span of when I went to that restaurant to when I could contract it if I got it. So what do you think that time span was between when you were in Mexico and when you actually got the first symptoms of it? Like how long did it take? That it, it didn't, you know, when I got back, because <clears throat> I had gotten back, uh, like that, that, I left that Saturday. Yeah, I left that Saturday. Left that Saturday. I came back on a Saturday. And, and I would say Monday, oh. wrapped. Wow. wow. It was over. It was over by Monday. I was like, oh my God. I was locked in a room somewhere, just like, oh, and, and, and I don't, in all kinds of pain. So it, it was, it was quick. I was feeling fine Saturday, um, but that Monday I, I was I was hurting. 
Damn, that's that's so that's so crazy. I'm glad you you made it through that too. Like you've really got gone yeah. through the edge of Earth. I feel like multiple times. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there are a lot of people that have gone through uh, <clears throat> much worse things than, yeah. than than I gone that I went through. A lot of people, unfortunately, are still going through COVID. So so we're praying for praying for them people, praying for everybody. But but as you said, we we, we all go through some things. Mm-hmm. It's just how we have to try to get a, get an outlook on it. And that's why I like you guys sharing people that are sharing sharing some of their fears and sharing their scares. Because when, when, once you know somebody got through something, mm-hmm. it gives you a little encouragement that I can get through it. Exactly. I know he got through it. Okay, maybe I can get through it. I can try to get through it. It gives you just that much encouragement. What, what do you what do you think like your your positivity through all this like how does that come how did you get so positive to stay stay positive through all these situations that you went through well life life life, life is what it is we we, we want to think we know how it will play out but we're only responding and notice I say responding I didn't say reacting we only we're only responding to how it plays out you think you know how it will play out. You're just responding to how it plays out. Responding is a positive, uh, a positive answer to what's going on around me. I didn't say I'm just reacting to how it plays out because reacting is negative uh, a response, a negative action towards how, what's going on around me. That's why when you go to the doctor, if they give you some medication, they say, how do you respond? You know, are, are, you respond? are we responding well? Everything's going well. Uh, if the doctor comes back and said, well, they had allergic reaction. Uh, so they, they had a reaction to the medicine. That's a negative thing. So you, we want to respond and not react to all things. And, and you have to. Yeah. That's what you got to do to keep moving forward. You've got to keep responding and keep moving forward. That's just what life demands. Yeah, right? that's true. I wanted to dive into one other thing that I read online. I read that you got into a possible carjacking situation, which turned out they were huge fans was that, yeah, did that really happen? Hey, this white, this white Range Rover. And I love Range Rovers. Mm-hmm. I just love the car. And, and I think these people had some beef with a guy that had a white Range Rover. Oh. And so, so, so I'm driving around and, and my, my, it must have looked like their Range Rover. So the Range Rover they were looking for, they pulled up behind, they put up right beside me, and you could see I saw the gun come up. And the guy looked over, and, he, and I saw him put it away and said, oh, wait. You might go. I said, "Yeah, man, what's up, man? What's up? Yeah, yeah, what's up?" He said, "Oh, yeah, man, my big fan, big fan." I said, "Oh my god!" You know, then I tried to roll with it. Yeah. I just started rolling with. It. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah, yo, man, man, keep doing, man. We appreciate the Super Bowl, man. Yeah, I said, "Yeah, man, appreciate that, brother. Appreciate the love, you know." But when they pulled up, I said, "Oh my god!" I knew what that was. Man. I knew what that was, and 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 that was a scary moment for me. That yeah. was a scary moment because I saw the gun come up when it, you know, and, and, and it just, yeah. Yeah, you probably yeah, saw his scary. whole face change from like, I'm about to shoot this guy to like, wow, look who it is, yeah. you know? Yeah, right, right. And that, and that's what I felt. Yeah. That's what I felt. I, I, I guarantee you. And that's when, when I told you I drive a G-Wagon, I, I drove right to the car lot and got, got right out of that range. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> I said, we ain't going to make this. I don't want nobody else making this mistake. I don't know what that dude doing in that white Range Rover, but I don't want to drive. I want to drive what he's driving. So I went right on to the parking lot and got rid of it (laughs) right away. And you did what you had to do, you know? I would have done the same thing, got rid of that car. And and, and I probably, 
I hadn't bought another Range Rover since, and I love Range Rover. <laughs> and they got real nice lately. Yeah, they get nicer, nicer. I was like, I was like that, and they are getting nice. I thought about it the other day. I was like, no, I, I, I haven't gotten over that scar. I don't know if that dude still got one. Whatever that dude is, I, I still haven't gone back to it. Yeah, exactly. Man, yo, they, like, I think we're almost out of time, but you are such an inspiring person, and I really do appreciate you for coming on the podcast and sharing your scare as well as your whole childhood like it's it's crazy to see someone that you know really talk to someone who went from nothing to everything that you have now and it's super inspiring and i'm sure all the people listening at home will be inspired by your story well i appreciate you guys saying that man and 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 the bible says that now i told you i'm a spiritual man it says confess one to another pray ye one for the other in this we shall find healing. It says we should be confessing mm-hmm. our journeys. Well, notice that really there's a Bible still being written if we all confess our journeys and be able to tell a truth about our lives because other people can glean hope and inspiration from those truths. So thank you guys for being a platform so people can share the depths and the truths of their story. Most definitely. This is Michael Irvin. Do you have anything you want to sh- like lastly that you're working on that you want to share before we end this? Man, I just want us all to 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 to, to do this. To let's keep let's enjoy sports. Let's enjoy all, all the things that we have in life. And understand this, man. We have taken a hell of a blow in our country as a people, as a country. We have taken a hell of a blow in dealing with the pandemic and the COVID situation. That's the thing that knocks us back off our feet. To now trying to make go from that below that knocked us back to making a taking the grabbing the courage and the strength to take a huge step forward for social justice. That's a hard call to go from one extreme to the other, being blown back to stepping forward. But but we can do it. We can do it as a people. We've always overcome everything as a country. And I just hope we see this and we stop focusing on the energy it takes to fight. And put that energy into finding great solutions. Couldn't have said it better myself. That was beautiful. Thank you again for coming on the show. We do appreciate you, and we hope you have an amazing life, man. Thank you. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Have a good day. Take care. Wow, that was an inspiring interview, man. Yeah, he's awesome. On the last note, what he just said about everything that we've been through, I think you guys got to go out there, go vote, try to get in there, COVID safe, wear your mask, wash your hands. Seriously, get out there. Every vote counts, and I know maybe you think your vote won't count. It will, and it's very important that we all do our civil duties as American citizens and go vote. So make sure you go and vote. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you later. Peace. Thanks for listening to SUS. Share your scare. Make sure to subscribe and check back every Wednesday for new episodes. And don't forget to tell your friends. Follow all of our social media links at shareyourscare.com. We're going to be doing tons of giveaways, but only for our most active fans. If you have a scare of your own that you want to share, leave us a voicemail. Our number is 626-275-8695. Or if you just want to shoot us an email, our email is shareyourscarepod at gmail.com. And that's spelled with a U-R. Until next Wednesday, stay sus. Stay sus.